Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book and the co-author of Tarot for Troubled Times. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 150 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is Tarot for Sobriety, and I'm speaking with Sarah Chapel. Welcome, Sarah. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Hello. Hello. So I learned about your work when I came across a post on a site called The Temper, and it was called Tarot as a Tool for Sobriety. A sobriety. I can say the word sobriety. Um, can you tell me how you began using tarot as a tool when you got sober? Definitely. So when I got sober, the first thing that happened was that my hypersensitivity, if you will, just came flooding back. I lived in New York City at the time and I was like, oh, I've been drinking because I feel everything and I hear everything. And it was a real awakening isn't the word I would use as an undampening, if you will. Um, And part of that was this feeling of a deeper intuitive connection to the world around me, perhaps a little bit unwieldy at first. And also because of some of how so much of the language is in recovery circles traditionally, a huge feeling of disempowerment. Um, and well, I kind of stumbled upon tarot very early in this journey because I was taking classes in herbal medicine and learning about flower essences. All of a sudden, I was like, "Wow, how do I take care of myself in this brave new world of not drinking and feeling all the things?" And tarot just clicked immediately as a way for me to start to discern the difference between the stories in my head, my old beliefs, what had led me to where I was, and the truth. And that brought me back to this place of power, of actually being an agent of change in my life, which was something I hadn't felt like for a very long time. Right on. You know, it's interesting because... um... I've always been, well, I shouldn't say always, but for the last number of years, I've been having like a a daily wine habit, I like to call it. And I stopped it 30 days ago. I've not had one glass of wine. And I realized also I'm sensitive like you. And so for me, wine was like a glass or two at the end of the day, even though it wasn't excessive, it still is a lot. And it was my way to unwind, to numb out, to not feel things. So I totally get what you're talking about with that. And I know for myself that, you know, tarot and astrology have always been tools that I've used to help me in other things. Um, One of the things I found very interesting in your post, you said that tarot has been your primary support for your recovery. Um, How has tarot helped you compared to other forms of support? Tarot helps me because it's about my relationship to myself. And that's something that I think, or I should say when I'm using it in this format, I do use tarot as a divinatory tool, but as a tool for sobriety, it's about that relationship to self. And that is something that my personal experience is not as focused on in recovery. There's a lot of, you are powerless. (laughs) You can't trust yourself. You are, you have messed up and we need to fix it. And what tarot gave me was a way to self-counsel or self-coach to come back to trust myself, to figure out that I do know what's best for me, that I can, with some guidance and focus, which the cards provide, actually discern what is healthy and what is not healthy for me in terms of the choices that I'm making. So in my early recovery, I relied on many tools, but 
very quickly found that tarot gave me a place again to to be the the creator of my life instead of at the whims of some external force or some organizations telling me that I was bad basically yeah oh my god you know that's so interesting because I know exactly what you're talking about you know when I made the decision it says you know what I'm getting rid of this wine habit this isn't good um I want to be able to feel things really strongly. I don't need to unwind at the end of the day with a glass of wine. I can read a book. I can sit with my cat. I can watch a relaxing TV. And I had looked at some things online, which again is what led me to you, where again, the the language was so disempowering. It's like you're weak. There's always a thing about you're weak. And I thought, well, I'm making this choice right now you know, and maybe there is, I mean, who knows? I don't want to like, you know, judge people who come from that perspective, but it didn't feel empowering to me. It really made me feel like if I go on that route, um, on the path that I'm deciding to take right now, it's really making me feel like I'm kind of like a victim of life. And I don't want to feel like that. I want to feel like I am in that driver's seat. I appreciate you sharing that because I believe that whatever it takes to make the choices that you want for your well-being, that's awesome. And if that language supports people great but it definitely didn't support me and it doesn't support a lot of folks who like you were talking about you know we might have had very different experiences with alcohol but anything that we're doing to numb out kind of subconsciously if we want to address it I think that is empowering that is taking a stand for how you want to live your life and ultimately I think tools like tarot and astrology help us to make those choices strongly and from that place of power like you get to decide how you want to unwind and how you want to feel. And we can have language is something I love about the temper in particular in their work that is empowering because you've made a strong choice. That's mm-hmm. awesome. You are not weak. People who recover are not weak. I reject that wholeheartedly, but that's an opinion. Yeah, well, I agree too. I mean, I've spent a lot of time with people who struggle with different addictions. And, you know, right now here where I live, there's an opioid crisis, which is really happening all over. And I've lost friends through it. And the friends who have recovered are some of the strongest people I know. I mean, really being able to say, I'm not going to surround myself with this energy. I'm going to choose health. I'm choosing me right now. That is really big, especially when we're dealing with the opioid things. Yes, definitely. Where I live, that's rampant as well. So I love that we are, I think, as a cultural starting to have a bigger conversation about what it takes, not just what it takes to recover, but how exciting and empowering and the, the kind of the honor that I think that we should, we could give folks who have made those strong choices because it is extremely challenging. And our society also doesn't really support sobriety when you think about it. We're always, we see the ads where it's like, oh my God, everyone's having a drink. They're having a great time. Look at that Marlboro man smoking that cigarette. You know, so we always see these things that really glamorize it. And so I think it's very easy then for anybody, anybody can go down that slippery slope and it looks different than what it does look in real life. Definitely. Teresa, my background is working in the wine industry. So I worked in sales and marketing in wine um, starting at the age of 22 or 23 until I got sober. And uh, I mean, there's some, there's a veneer of glamour, sure, fancy parties, fancy bottles of wine, fancy dinners out, but it is not a healthy place for most people. And it is remarkable how we kind of the advertising industry and culturally have bought into this idea that that is the way to be cool. That is the way to have fun. That's the way to be sexy. It's like, it's all tied up our self-worth with consuming alcohol or smoking a cigarette. Yeah, absolutely. So how can tarot help you to understand your relationship 
to alcohol or other substances and avoid the old patterns that might lead to a relapse? Yeah, great question. Well, my first one always is I love the devil card. The devil is my my addiction card friend. So part of what I really appreciated about learning the language of tarot is that this idea of, of challenging patterns and habits that maybe don't serve us and binding ourselves to behaviors, people, and, and, and substances that might have worked in some ways, but don't anymore, it's naturally built into the journey. Everybody experiences this. And it's not necessarily addiction as we see it, but that opportunity to question, why am I binding myself to this why do I believe that this is the best choice? Why have I given away my power here? So the first one always for me is like, is the devil coming up in your readings? <laughs> mm-hmm. But the fact that it's part of the spiritual journey of the tarot gives us a clue, which is that the tarot helps us to see what is actually going on. And if we're approaching it through this lens of recovery, I like to look at it primarily as a reflective tool. For me, as a re- in a recovery-focused place, future-focused it's not as healthy. I get kind of, I'm an anxiety person as well. So mm-hmm. if I'm doing kind of future focus work, it has to have pretty clear boundaries. But for recovery, it's like, what am I feeling right now? And that's where tarot can be so useful because we can't always tell. Learning to identify feelings and figure out an appropriate response to them is a huge part of recovery. Because if it is, oh, I have a feeling, so I need a drink because feelings are scary and I don't understand them. Tarot can actually be a place where we stop that pattern just by asking, what is the feeling here? What do I actually need right now? What, why am I having a craving in this moment? Because sometimes we haven't identified, and generally at the beginning, haven't identified those trigger points, those places, those situations, those emotions. Oh, scary. (laughs) We haven't identified those yet, right? So tarot can help us to, to pinpoint them and say, okay, in this moment, you think you need a drink. What you actually need is like a glass of water. Now, not that tarot says, well, hey, I don't know, maybe ace of cups, like, here you go, can you have a glass of water? Maybe not so literally, but it helps us to tease apart the difference between our perception of reality and what is actually happening. And I think that in recovery, that is critical to start to pull Mm -hmm. story and truth apart. You know, it's so so interesting because um, I grew up around people who drank a lot and I didn't drink. And I did not start drinking regularly until after my mother passed away and I was assigned the task of taking care of my father. And so I found that the wine habit really started kicking in then. It's like at the end of the day, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so done dealing with dad. And because I had to take care of dad, I never got to properly grieve my mother. And this is really interesting. So I would have a glass or two at night, every night. And this went on then for quite a number of years because both my parents have been passed now for some time. And even though, you know, it may not look like this is out of hand. It's still a daily habit that's not good for me. And so when I decided 30 days ago, I said, you know what? I'm done with this. This is garbage. And I was playing around with my cards. And the card I pulled was the Five of Cups. Now, the Five of Cups shows a figure in front of these glasses of spilled wine. So on a literal level, I kind of had to laugh because it's like, you're going to change your relationship with alcohol. It reminded me of the day when I gave up cigarettes. It reminded me of the day when I gave up Mountain Dew. Mm -hmm. It's like the same thing. I looked at that card and I said, you're ready. But I also looked at that card. That is a card of grieving. And I said, you know what, Teresa, there is some grieving work here that you need to be working on. And that's part of what this wine has been covering up. And going to those hard emotions We don't like dealing with that. That is sticky, icky stuff. And I think sometimes that's why it's easier to to blame it on, you know, like I'm weak instead of saying, 
oh my God, no, I have this really awful thing that I haven't faced yet. And that's not weakness. That's me now being brave and going in there and digging in, you know? So I, I totally see exactly what you're talking about. That devil card too. <laughs> yeah. The devil doesn't always mean something like that, but for me, it's definitely a, a reminder. And yeah, the, the five of cups is such a literal examination of that as well. I mean, the entire cups journey too, we're looking at emotions and how we deal with them. And I think that can be very potent for recovery, especially mm-hmm. when we don't necessarily have the tools to deal with our emotions until we choose to, just like you, you said you are right now. Yeah. Well, you know, I think, again, the emotional thing, I think for a lot of us, it's it's very hard to go in there and deal with them. And Carol oftentimes loves to take things out and put it right in front of your face. <laughs> yep. I mean, don't you find that where it says, listen, you, you've got some grieving work to do here. Now it's time for you to get in there and dig deep and let's not cover this up anymore. Let's go in there. Let's pull the Band-Aid off. I mean... Yeah, tarot, at least for me, it says like for you is, it's a little sassy. It's like, here's the thing. Now do it. (laughs) So one of the things you mentioned in that post, um, that the progression through the cards can be seen as an allegory for getting sober. Can you explain that to me? I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, without going too in depth, I think that we can start to see from that very beginning place, the fool's leap is that first decision. We're like, all right, I'm going to try something different. I'm going to try not to have two glasses of wine every night. I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to try to do that. And I love actually using that as an idea for how we can get into recovery because the fool obviously has a lot going on, but it can be kind of light. We don't have to have all the answers. We just have to be be a fool. We just have to take a leap. We just have to give it a try. And instead of making choosing to change habits, this scary, overwhelming, I'm making a choice for the rest of my life. And if I mess up, I'm a disaster thing. Instead, it's like, what if we're just trying something new? What if we're going to take the fool's leap? And as we move through the cards, we hit all these different points that you know, recovery in itself is doesn't have to be but it can be, and it's often talked about as a spiritual journey. So we run into these different places, first of all, of meeting all these different parts of ourselves, our own power. How are we, you know, with our internal world? How are we with our external world? How do we interact with other people and the lovers? And these are all things you have to learn how to do again without the, uh, the veil of substances protecting you. We have some interesting moments too, especially when we get to the the death temperance devil tower kind of (laughs) moment where it feels like we are losing so much of ourselves, finding a new balance. And this is pretty common in recovery. We have this death moment of being like, okay, I'm finally letting this go. I have a temperance moment of, of rebirth, finding new balance, new, you know, new ways of doing things. And then immediately we go into the devil again, immediately it kicks up even bigger. And it's like, are you really ready to make this change? And making that change destroys your entire life in the tower. <laughs> it's it just for me personally it was I had a huge tower moment as I said I worked in the wine industry. It, I was I stayed in my job for about 7 months after I got in recovery, but it was untenable. It was not healthy. I was having panic attacks all the time and I was pulling the tower all the time. And it was that level of full commitment that I made in that transition from the devil to the tower that forced me to recognize that my life had crumbled. Like this wow. did not work anymore. And the next step then, you know, is the star. Mm-hmm. Once we give in, we have this possibility for hope, for healing, for, for true rebuilding in a new way. 
And for me, seeing this, this natural ebb and flow, especially through the major arcana, made me feel so much safer, made me feel so much more secure, less abnormal as well. It's a lot of recovery programs have this very linear approach. And even though we can kind of lay the cards out in a line, their energies are kind of, you know, up and down, up and down, up and down as we move through. And seeing recovery through this lens of, of, of in and out, of back and forth, of two steps forward, one step back, deeper layers, spirals, helped me to say, okay, it is a journey. And each of these things along the way, it matters. I needed to go through this before I got to that. And ultimately to, I don't know if I'm at the world, that seems a little presumptuous, but ultimately to a place where there is a stability, which is, which is a delight and is reflected in the cards as well. That is possible. Absolutely. You know, I kept a journal. I always keep, I journal like crazy. I'm like a a fanatic. And so whenever I'm doing anything new in my life, whether I'm writing a book or doing something like really deciding for 30 days now, I'm going to commit to this. I keep a journal and that allows me to go back um, because here I've got all my notes over the last 30 days. Mm -hmm. Um, I can go back and I can really look at the journey of what came up for me and the different thoughts that came up for me. And tarot is one of of those wonderful visual tools. In a way, it's kind of like a living journal that you can go back to and look at old readings that you've done around healing work that you've done. And if you keep those things written down, you can see how that stuff has been showing up for you. You know, one of the things that you said, you talked about that tower card coming up again and again. And of course, that got my attention immediately. So this is the thing I want to ask you. Do you find that a card will keep on showing up again and again when you're trying to break a pattern? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Especially if we are trying to break a pattern. And I think I see it a lot when we haven't changed the underlying belief that's created that pattern. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, that can be that can be tower work as well, coming back and rebuilding from that foundation. Um, but definitely, they keep coming back and like, no, you're still doing this. Because one of the interesting things about any habit creation process, but um, and D habiting process, but recovery in particular, is that we have a tendency to think we have it all figured out. <laughs> and then we find we don't. Backsliding is normal. Relapsing, or I don't know if I love that word, but kind of re-engaging with the habit is normal mm. in anything that we're trying to change in our life, right? Even if you're learning, trying to learn how to floss your teeth every night. So having those cards come back and back and back can be such a great reminder. It's like, actually, this isn't done. You can't let, don't let down your guard yet. Don't let down your diligence. There's still, this is habit is still being recreated. Oh yeah. And the tower was a big one for me. <laughs> Yeah, well, for me, what's interesting is throughout the 30 days, the card that kept coming up for me a lot was temperance. And, you know, temperance is all about healing. It is about moderation. It is about balance. And it's so interesting. When I quit smoking many years ago, um, I had cravings for the smoking. Now, I'm not feeling much about this wine thing, which is good. But the smoking, and I always say it's because of a Gemini. I want to have something with my hands. (laughs) There were times where I would be just thinking about a cigarette out of the blue thinking about it, thinking about it. And, you know, that it took a long time for that to go away. And I think anytime you are recovering from something, you have those moments where it's coming up and going and exploring, why is this coming up? Tarot is a great way to do that. Why am I thinking about the cigarette? Why am I thinking about a drink? Yes, because it helps us again to clarify. And I think that's one of the great gifts of the cards is we can kind of peel back those layers and say our surface level response, because it's our ingrained response to whatever's happening, is to crave the cigarette. 
Mm-hmm. But we can start to use that these these cravings or even these the beginning of these habit responses as indicators that there is something deeper, right? I'm craving a cigarette, but that means something else is happening. And the cards can exactly help us to dive in and say, what is the real underlying cause of this craving? It's not just that I want a cigarette. I want a cigarette because smoking makes me feel X, Y, Z, and I don't like how I feel right now because of, and then we go in with the cards. So yeah. it, it, that's such a great way to work with them. Well, smoking was always about anxiety for me. Mm-hmm. It's a way to feel less anxious. It's a way to have something to do with those fidgety hands. So, you know, once I conquered that, and then here, you know, with the wine, that's all about grieving. So I found there was definitely for me and the different things that I've quit over my lifetime, there's always been something else underneath it. I mean, sugar, which is the next great frontier, I quit Mountain Dew, but sugar is always about needing to feel rewarded. Why? Why do I need to feel rewarded? You know, going in and exploring those feelings with a tarot card. I mean, if I pull a card right now, why do I need to feel rewarded? Well, we got the Queen of Swords. You know, she's she's kind of harsh. Life is harsh sometimes. We want to feel something sweet. I think of her sometimes as being, you know, Judge Judy. She's hardcore. Yeah. And in order for our to feel balanced, we want something sweet. So maybe that's something to explore as I move into the sugar thing, which is my next big frontier. So one of the things you also said in that article, because I read it a few times, you said, put aside predictions. Tarot can be used for divination or trying to determine what's coming up and for understanding where you are right now in your life. Consider what is the most helpful for your sobriety, trying to know the future or understand the present so you can build your future. Can you talk about that for a moment? Definitely. Um, there's, as I said, I've said a couple of times, I use tarot in so many different ways. I do use it in a divinatory thing. I personally don't believe that the future is fixed, but I believe that we can see the paths that we're heading down and make adjustments or changes or shift things or whatever. Um, but for me, at least in recovery, there's a real tendency that we have to look down the road too much that we're like, okay, well, I'm, well, first of all, we can have this tendency to say, well, I'm making a decision for the rest of my life. So I need to know what the rest of my life is going to be like. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves or we start to say, okay, well, what is, you know, what's going to happen now? There's a lot of worry and anxiety. If I had stayed stuck in that, my worry and anxiety when I was in early recovery was, how am I going to have a job? <laughs> I was like, my entire life is doing marketing for wine. I was like, what am I going to do? I have a good job. I live in New York City, which is expensive. I was like, what is this life? And continuing to focus on the future created more anxiety, which just made me want to drink more. Mm-hmm. So when we're using the cards for recovery, I'm curious to tap into that and ask, do we really want to know what's going to happen or what might happen? Because we may want to know, but is that actually the most helpful thing? Will that actually help us to feel better right now? And I'm going to offer an opinion, which is that if you're in an acute craving moment, probably not. Looking towards the future is not going to ameliorate your present. It's not going to fix why you're craving it right now. And in fact, in my experience, can exacerbate it. It can make it worse because we're like, oh, but that's not what I wanted to see. It's like as soon as we put things in the future, even if you're a reader and you're skilled and you know about the nuances of these things, if you're reading for yourself in that mind place, it doesn't matter. It's like, oh, what, what, what do, what's, in, what's coming next for me? The tower. Oh my gosh. Well, I might as well drink. <laughs> right. Right. I love that. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting too. Um, future can be helpful sometimes, but it can also, like you said, with this brilliant example, it can make you really anxious and it could actually lead to problems. And the one thing I like to say to people too, I mean, everybody's searching for a happy ending. 
And you and I both know as readers that life goes through peaks and valleys, just like the major arcana. And I think sometimes people will come to tarot in a divinatory sense because they want a guarantee for their future. And I always say there are no guarantees. The only thing that can guarantee how your life turns out is you and what you're doing right now. Nobody wants to hear that, but that's very true in life and in recovery. Yes, and I think that when we can, whether we're reading for ourselves through this lens of recovery or supporting other people in in these these habits and these choices, recognizing again that the real power does come from this present moment, and <laughs> that just as you said, we get to choose now, right? And that's what I ultimately found so empowering about tarot as a tool for recovery and sobriety is that just as you said, you've made a choice to break that habit. You want to see what it's like to not engage with that and to choose differently. That is powerful. When we come to the tarot in the same way, saying, this is my present moment. What future do I want to make? What do I want to create? That puts us back in our agency in our lives. And that agency and power is something that addiction takes away. Mm-hmm. We give it up freely. We're like, here, take this. <laughs> take this present of my, of my power. And tarot helps us to start to refine it. But I think that finding it in the present moment is the most important because it is too easy in my experience to, to get into that obsession place about yes, the happy ending. And, Uh and if we're in a challenging mind state or we're feeling cravings, the nuance of what future means in the tarot and what your personal cosmology and understanding of the world is and all that tends to just go out the window and all of a sudden we're, we're fated to be doomed for the rest of our lives. And I don't think that actually is helpful in those moments of crisis. I agree a thousand percent. So um, one last question. Do you have like a special spread that you use that might be helpful for people in recovery? Or do you recommend pulling a card for the day? What, what do you recommend people do? What I like to do is keep it simple. Anytime that I'm dealing with something that has the potential to be personally explosive for me or anxiety inducing, I'm, I'm like one, two cards. I like to keep it simple. I find it's so easy. We'll just pull more cards, pull more cards, pull more cards, looking for the answer we want. And then you have 78 cards out and you're like, this means nothing, but, uh, oh, there's the star. It's going to be okay. Or whatever. (laughs) So I like one or two cards. And for me, the simple one is always this, what do I think is going on and what is actually going on? I like to separate out again, perception from reality. And that's useful anytime that we're feeling kind of uh, a little on guard or anxious or nervous or scared, but especially in recovery around those triggers, what do I think is happening that's making me dig like want this? And then what is actually happening? And I, it's simple, but powerful. And I would start there. I love simple spreads. I'm a huge fan of them because oftentimes I think if you, like you said, if you complicate it with every card in the deck, it, it, it's very easy then if you're one of those people who wants to see things a certain way, you'll look for the star. Or if you're negatively inclined, you might look yes. right away for that devil and you're going to be like, well, the devil's here. It looks like I'm screwed. So <laughs> I agree. Simple. Keep it simple. Get down to the heart of the matter. And that's going to be the best way to work through anything that you're working through in your life. Mm-hmm. So this is such a great topic and it's so timely for me. Um, so what I'd love to know, Sarah, uh, is where can people find you? Where can they work with you? I know you teach and you mentor too. I do. You can find me anywhere on the internet at my name, Sarah M. Chapel. That's my website, sarahmchapel.com. And over on Instagram at Sarah M. Chapel. And I would love to chat and connect. And if you're somebody who is also questioning your relationship to alcohol or other substances, send me a DM. I'm always happy to chat with folks who are exploring recovery. 
Awesome. And I am so happy that I discovered you online. And I think you're doing great work in the world. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with me today, Sarah. Thank you for having me. And thank you for sharing your experience with me as well. You're welcome. All right, people, get over to Sarah's world. I think you are also going to be really interested in what she's doing. She's doing great things with tarot. And I love seeing tarot being used in so many excellent ways. So definitely check her work out. And that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. You can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons, the tarot coloring book, tarot for troubled times, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, so many good things for you to scope out. It is a mouthful, but get over there and enjoy it. And I'd also like to mention that if you would love to learn tarot with me live, come away to Tuscany, the birthplace of tarot, to learn anew or deepen your, no- or deepen your knowledge at the Tuscany Tarot Intensive. It's a five-day total tarot immersion from May 10th through the 16th, 2020. You can find all the details for that at radiantjane.com. And I want to thank you again for listening. I hope you have a beautiful day. And if you are enjoying the podcast, do me a solid. Head over to iTunes and leave a sweet review because that helps more tarot curious people find their way to tarot bites. And as always, I like to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.